This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the weekly Unpacking It Facebook Live podcast, where we unpack the very latest in sports, faith, and life. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, from his mouth to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It Live podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing great on this Monday afternoon. We are coming to you live. I'm in Charlotte. Luke's in Texas. Henry's in Connecticut. And we're glad that you are with us wherever you are. And we are going to be here for the next hour to unpack sports, faith, and life with the Unpacking It community of sports fans. Thanks to everybody listening on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Those of you that listen to the podcast later, anywhere podcasts are found. Thank you to all of you. Uh, We are so thankful for our listeners, and we're finishing up uh, our first year of doing this live show on Mondays. And so started back in January, and and so it's been a a fun ride uh, this year and and excited to continue to uh, grow and and get things better even as we head into next year. And and one thing I I do want to mention here at the top of the show as the year ends, because Unpacking It is a ministry, a nonprofit ministry, we have to raise money. And so we have many great donors that support this show and, and, and support the ministry and the devotionals that we do, the events that we do, the fellowship that we have, all the resources. And so if you're looking for, for a ministry to give to, and if you've been encouraged by this show and would like to support us, uh, you can go to unpackingit.com slash donate and What's exciting is we have a a matching campaign going on right now. So if you give in the month of December, your gift will be matched. So uh, so definitely check that out, unpackingit.com slash donate. Today on the show, we have got so much football to discuss. Championship Saturday in college football was fantastic. Now we know bowl games. Now we know the college football playoff. We've got coaching changes that continue to take place. It has been a wild week with the coaching carousel. And I can't even remember where we stood a week ago, but so much has changed since the last time we did uh, this this live show. So we will get into a lot of that today. Uh, We will also uh, share the the MetaShare moment of the week. Uh, That comes from college football. It was a a wild play. Um, And so I'll, I'll share that in just a little bit. And then also during the Unpack This segment, We're going to talk about the word enthusiasm because I'm a sports enthusiast. This time of year, I am also a Christmas enthusiast, and so I am brimming with enthusiasm. The NFL playoffs are heating up. The uh, Christmas movies are beginning to, to, to air on every channel everywhere. The Christmas songs are being played. But there's a lot more to the word enthusiasm as well when we look at, at what that word really means and, and how it can relate to our own lives of, of faith and as we follow Jesus. And so we're, we're going to talk enthusiasm uh, in just a little bit during our Unpack This segment. All right. 
let's say hello to Luke, and we will do I'm convinced as well. I, I'm, I'm convinced about a ton of quarterback topics today. Uh, but, Luke, how are you? How was the weekend? The weekend was glorious. I'm trying to, trying to process everything. Well, my semester is done with school. Oh, so way to go. Congrats. Finished, okay. uh, finished my semester. Thank you. you needed that. Yep, yep, yep. So, Another semester uh, in uh, seminary. That's right. So I'd, right now, I don't know what to do with myself. I know uh, <laughs> objective facts. Uh, I will now officially take over uh, chef duties in the kitchen. Uh, my, during s- semesters, my, my wife is uh, very gracious to do most of uh, the evening cooking preparations. So uh, now, in between semesters, don't uh, start next semester until mid-January, I will be... Uh, I'll be chefing it up in the kitchen. So if you have any recipes that you that you recommend, let me hear them because I'm all about them. And I'm and 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 someone asked me, "Well, can you cook?" I know how to follow a recipe. That's my answer. <laughs> I know how to follow instructions. Hey, that's step one. That's step I can one. follow instructions. I can measure things, and in my experience, that can get the job done. So that's, that's so, so my weekend is is, is uh, recipe preparations, getting getting the arsenal together, the, the the portfolio, if you will. I like it, man. When we were first married, I, I liked doing a lot of cooking, and and we were, we would cook together and try a bunch of different stuff. So that, that's a fun season. So enjoy that. Um, now it's a little bit different. So here here's what happened to me on on Friday. So Jody was going to make dinner Friday night. This delicious. Um, Potato gnocchi. That's what it's called. Gnocchi. So it's like a pasta. You know yes. what I'm talking about? Madeline, I, you talked about last week. Uh, I forget. You said you're an apologist of something. I forget who you said you're an apologist of. I am becoming a, a gnocchi disciple. It, it is delicious. Unbelievable. We just, she made a chicken and gnocchi soup recently oh, to die for. So I would so, love to hear about your gnocchi experience. Yeah. So normally we do sweet potato gnocchi. This was a, a potato gnocchi. Delicious. But Jody asked me to do one thing on Friday. And that was because I was going to be near the Walmart to run in after my lunch to run in and pick up some uh, heavy cream. So heavy cream is used for you know a lot of pastas and all that kind of thing to make yep. the sauce. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I, that's the least I can do. She makes all the you know, delicious meals and all that kind of thing. I'll just run in and get some, some heavy cream. So that's what I did. <laughs> I dropped my mic in the process. It's scared. been a couple weeks since, since, since the mic has ripped off. It gets, it gets a little uh, worn down there. I, 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 goodness gracious. This is, this is not my day. I need to go back to bed. Handheld um, mic guy now. Now he's handheld yeah, so, mic guy. So here we go. Uh, so anyway, so I, I go in there. I get the, I'm all set. I've got the, the heavy cream in tow, but I got to go back to the office. And, and so Jody told me before the day began, hey, when you, you know, get the, the heavy cream, make sure you put it in the fridge at the office when you get back. So I go back to the office. I had a couple calls on the way that I had to take care of. And so I totally mm. forgot about the heavy cream come back to the office. I drive home. It's Friday night. I'm excited to be home. I'm excited to have some potato gnocchi. I go and, and, and finally arrive in my driveway and I look over at my seat and I go, Oh no, Mm. the heavy cream has been in the seat the entire night. (laughs) And and so I began my weekend with uh, a little bit of, of disappointment that I did not deliver the, the cream. And so the, the problem is, do I get credit? Because I, I did buy the heavy cream. I did bring the heavy cream home. 
it just wasn't in the fridge for the three hours or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And so I, I ended up, uh, it was, it was a debacle on my end, but the, the positive was, uh, Jody was hanging out with our neighbor. And so she had the heavy cream. And mm. so we were able to, to, you know, we, the, the crisis was averted, Yes, but I still took the, I took the heat a little bit and it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't a great delivery on, on my end. So anyway, that's my, my story from the weekend. Yeah. 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 I would just, yeah. Delivery, uh, not fulfilled there. You, Cred- I don't get credit. I don't, I don't think credit is uh, the most, perhaps the most important detail is the the refrigeration of the cream. Yeah. Uh, it's so dangerous without it. Uh, very yes, exactly. So, but you still got to have the potato gnocchi, and it so, was fantastic. I had it Friday and Sunday, maybe or Saturday. Mm, so you yeah. guys are leftover people. We're you're all about the leftovers. You got to go leftovers because the the less amount of uh, meals that we can make the better with two young girls making dinner is tricky fair so leftovers are twofold one very efficient and practical again if you're going to spend the time to make something make a lot of it and then you can re-eat it Mm. and then additionally if it's something good count me in for having it again as soon as possible and all i have to do is just heat it up in the microwave (laughs) <laughs> now, I, I want to be gracious towards the friends of mine who are anti-leftovers people by just acknowledging that they have value as humans. But I don't know if I could go further than that because <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I cannot comprehend anti-leftovers people. I'm sure they have a reason, but to me it is the most perplexing uh, I just don't understand it. Is the quality worse? Maybe slightly. Is it? Is it's it? I just don't man. understand. I don't. Con, the convenience, and even if it is a degree worse by not it not being fresh, it's still fantastic if you made a good meal. Yeah. So so I I don't understand it. Especially pasta. I'm all in on pasta. Oh, hundred percent. Yes. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've, I've, got, I've embraced, even though I probably used to be on that other side of things, but now married kids, you got to go leftovers. It's a, mm. it's a game changer. Also, frozen pizzas, always a game changer, too. If you don't feel like making ah, absolute, absolute right, game cool. changer, I'm in. I'm in. We, uh, we accidentally stumbled into leftovers because when I, when my wife and I got married, she realized quickly uh, that I eat a lot of food compared to her family growing up. And uh, they they just didn't eat uh, – her family didn't grow up eating as big of portions as I did. And so we stumbled into making a ton of leftovers because now she just makes as much as possible and then some mm. so that I, I can have a lot of food to eat. Now, call me gluttonous. I would say it's not <laughs> quite the route of gluttony. But, hey, I got a 6'4", 230-pound frame here, which made me made you to shave a few pounds off Wait. of that. Wait. But um, got to get fed. Nice. Nice. There you go. Good stuff. All right. So <laughs> there's our food talk for the day. Uh, all right. So let's get into what we're convinced of. And, and first off, I watched a ton of football Saturday, a ton Sunday. It was a, a full football weekend. Maddie was in the man cave. My dad came over on Saturday. My brother came over on Sunday. So it was it was a ton of fun. What a great time of year uh, for football. And as a football fan, I love quarterbacks. There, there's no question. They're the ones that, that really drive football these days. However, 
I'm convinced that enough is enough with the quarterbacks sliding. I, I, I part part of me has had enough of quarterbacks running as much as they do, but 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 I'm convinced what we saw on on Saturday night with Pickett and Pittsburgh with the fake kneel down, and then he ran for 50, 60 yards for a touchdown. I, I can't get behind that. Now I'm not against him because. That was a, a, an athletic, creative play. You kind of beat the system. But just as a football fan moving forward, the, the idea that quarterbacks can just run free and, and not have to ever get touched or, or tackled and, and defenders always have to be so careful. They got to pull up and, oh, no, we can't touch them. We, we've gone so far beyond protecting the best position, my favorite position, the most important position in football, and it has gotten out of hand. And, and so we've got to kind of, you know, readjust. And so I'm convinced, I'm convinced of this in a, in a big way. Um, and you know, my brother was saying yesterday, he's like, well, we might as well just do two hand touch for quarterbacks then. But, but the, the thing is what gets me is when quarterbacks slide at the very last minute to me, if you're going to go toward a defender, then you should expect to get hit. Now, if you run away from the defender, meaning it's wide open space and then you slide and there's nobody around you and no big deal. That's fine. But if you're, you know, pushing the limit, you're trying to get an extra five, 10 yards and you're getting closer to the defense. Well, there's not enough time. There's not enough, you know, ability for them to pull up and not hit you in some way. And then I love it. I love it. They'll slide runner right underneath a defender and then get up looking for a call. You know, it's like, oh. Oh, how dare you? Yes. It's like, dude, Exactly. You can't have you can't have it all. This is this is ridiculous. And so I'm also convinced, though, where are all the great quarterbacks in the NFL right now? Hmm. Tom Brady continues to be the best quarterback in the league, which is impressive for him. So that, that's great. That, that's all. You know, we give him a ton of credit. Okay, great. We talk about him every week, and he, we should. He's awesome. But where are the other quarterbacks? I mean, I was looking through yesterday. You know, just some of the leading guys you know the leading passers and all that kind of thing I mean we're talking Andy Dalton Kirk Cousins Tua Gardner Minshew Derek Carr Garoppolo (laughs) you know Teddy Bridgewater these are the guys that are starting in the NFL right now so there's there's a disconnect and and part of me goes back to this running quarterback situation now I think Kyler Murray knows when to run runs well Russell Wilson knows when to run to run runs well Josh Allen you know some of those guys they get it but the other, then there's like this disconnect where we're not seeing enough true pocket passers. I think Justin Herbert is that guy, and that's why we're seeing him succeed the way he is. Um, but I think we're just losing some of that, and 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 the quality of quarterback is struggling. So to me, it's all tied in together, and that's what I'm I'm convinced of today. Luke, what do you think? Well, I will comment on what you're saying. It's it makes it too difficult on a defender. having to guess, is the quarterback going to slide? Like once you cross the line of scrimmage as a quarterback and you've tucked the ball, I I agree. When, if, if you slide at the last second and get hit, that that just can't be a penalty. Like if it's, if it's a clear slide, then yeah, because sometimes receivers, they'll catch the ball in a slant and just kind of go down. And, and that's normal. But if you're a quarterback, especially a running quarterback or has dual threat abilities, and you're sliding at the last second, especially with your your cleats up in the air oh, towards the defender's shins. It's I mean, right. the defender is in a, such a disadvantage. I they just have to stand here, let you get the yards, because if they dare go for the tackle, 
they're risking 15, 15 extra yards. So I don't necessarily know the fix, but I agree. I don't know. Once you cross the line of scrimmage, it's got to be fair game. That's what it was in Madden. Playing Madden, you roll out with the quarterback, you cross the line of scrimmage, it is game on. That's it. It is game on. So, so yeah, I've talked about Madden before. Madden might just have all our answers here. The way the video game is made might have all of our answers, except for the the glitches where you throw left and it comes out the side of your hand and goes out of bounds. But neither here nor there. So I agree with you. It, it's too much of a disadvantage for tacklers. It, you just have no idea what the quarterback's going to do. Yeah, we got to have some toughness, some defense. It's still it's still got to be football. So I, you know, I, again, I like that Pickett did that play because I think it opens up everybody or it makes everybody aware of, well, yeah, yeah. wait, quarterbacks could do the fake and that can't be a good thing moving forward. Exactly. Like that's not great for the game. It was a fun exactly. one time thing. Um, so I saw another article, I think for the win did an article, same kind of thing, like all, great for him, but this can't continue. And so I, I agree with that. That's what I'm convinced of. What uh, I, what I'm convinced of, I have a little bit of a gripe here with the, the Dr. Pepper halftime show, <laughs> halftime I watched it as well. throw for tuition. $100,000, right? It, it's some serious cash. I have Duke one. Now, I have, I have waited for change, and <laughs> I, I am just tired. I, I have to be outspoken about this. There's two options. We either have to outlaw the chest pass or – you have to not throw footballs for this competition. The absolute blasphemy that is, it is a football throwing contest into a target to win a hundred thousand dollars. And now every year it has become a they're chest passing footballs. No one is even throwing them like a football is thrown. And I'm watching thinking this and I, I acknowledge maybe I'm just a tuition halftime show purist where I cannot stand for this. And maybe that's me. Maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe I'm over the top here. But I, I, it doesn't make any sense. Let's give them footballs, but they're going to chest pass it like a basketball. If they're going to do that, just give them a round ball. Don't. It, it looks so gimmicky and, and, and funny and weird that they're just chest passing footballs. Make them throw it. Or change the ball. I'm tired of it. It's it's just too. It makes no sense to me. So that is my soapbox. I am so convinced of that today. Apparently, I saw something where like broadcasters can't complain about it. Like Dr. Pepper made a fuss about it, like because it kind of discredits or, or talks down on it. So that, there was like a memo about that, which is hilarious. Oh. So anyway, just ridiculous. It just looks ridiculous. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, it was it, it, it was over the top because they didn't even pretend to throw it. No, at all. No. Yeah, I agree. All right, Henry, what are you convinced of today? Well, first off, boys, <clears throat> always good to always good to be with you. Now, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to jump in right with you guys and say that if you don't know how to throw a football, you cannot be involved in this type of competition. Exactly. You you if you don't at least if you can't at least throw a football with one hand, yeah, you you're you're automatically disqualified. Okay? <laughs> I, I mean, I mean we could we could throw footballs at a papa shot. I mean, you should be able to at least extend your arm long enough so that you can push a football through a hole. So, I agree. Well, we're at a we're at a football I, game. It is a I, it, and you're throwing footballs. Exactly. Throw it like a quarterback. Exactly. 
I, I I'm totally down with that. Um, as as far as a fix with the with the Kenny Pickett, who by the way, I'm gonna go on record and say this: if Kenny Pickett goes in the first round, whoever who whoever picks him should be fired. I'm gonna let Ooh. you know that right now. Kenny Pickett is a, is, is a good quarterback. Is he a first round quarterback? I don't think so. But that's a conversation <laughs> for another day. Um, in a draft hype, well, plenty well, of time which for that. which team has the kicker blew it? He's out oh. now. He blew oh. it. He's out. <laughs> oh, I was about to say, whoever has blew it, it's it is it must be a requirement to draft Pickett. Yeah, and no, no brain. Yeah, that, that that's a bad that's a bad omen when your last name is when your last name is a synonym for an interception and you're a quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> not great, not great. <laughs> but what I'm convinced about is this: um, I'm convinced that Coach Nick Saban had us all fooled. Had us all fooled. I believe that he was waiting for the moment where where he heard the loudest the the loudest critics. He was waiting for that one moment for everybody in the world to to be against Alabama to say Alabama's not going to do it. Georgia's going to roll them, and then we get to the SEC championship game. He looks at his team and he says, "You see, now we got them where we want them." He used that phrase. Um, rat poison once again. And he's like, I want y'all to eat all this up and I want y'all to go out and wreck everybody. And as soon as you know, they go out and Georgia acts like Georgia and we wind up once again, stop me if you heard this, Alabama's going into the college football playoff as the number one seed. So I think, so I'm convinced Nick Saban has got Every single person on the face of the planet fooled, and uh, I will never bet against Nick Saban again. <laughs> well, I'm excited to see Cincinnati in there, and I, I, I know that everybody will automatically just assume that Alabama is going to win, which they most likely will, and they're loaded with talent. Uh, you know, it happens every year. We, we've, we've seen it. But I love that Cincinnati can go in with no expectations, total underdog. Let's go. So I'll be pulling hard for them. And I'm so glad they're repping the, the group of five teams. Yeah. It's about time. I've been clamoring. I, I'm, I'm the type of guy that says at the end of the season, if there's an undefeated team, they better have a chance to play to, to get a loss and go home. Because otherwise, if it's at the end of the year, hey, we've beat everybody. All right. We, we're, we're the best team out here. Oh, 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 we're not. Well, I, we better show it. We better prove it. So I'm glad that they get to prove it. If they get blown out, that's fine. They needed the opportunity to to, to yeah. get there. And uh, if you're undefeated, let's show it. So. And their last year is a group of five, too. Head to the Big 12 next year. So uh, that's a big deal would, for them. That's cool. Big Very for cool. them. I'm Very you. exciting. Very exciting yes, stuff. Yes, sir. All right. So, uh, yeah, that's what we're convinced of. We want to know what you're convinced of. Leave your comments wherever you're listening, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube. Let us know what you're convinced of. Uh, in just a little bit, we'll bring Henry back on. We'll do tap drill. we got some fun topics to, to discuss there. Uh, we are brought to you by MediShare. Uh, my wife and I, we, we've been MediShare members for over five years. They've provided us with an affordable and effective way to pay for health care. And so it's open enrollment. If you're looking for options, you're looking for, for ways to save money, uh, next year, uh, MediShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. And so they're the nation's largest healthcare sharing community. And you can text the word UNPACK to the number 
201-201. That's the word unpack to the number 201-201 to find out information about MediShare and if it's the right fit for you and your family. And, and so check that out. It's MediShare and, and proud to uh, be partnered with them here on the Unpacking It podcast. All right, so let's get to unpack this. Because each week on this show, we take a a sports topic, something going on in the sports world related to our own lives, related to the Bible. And and we just want to encourage one another as we are on this journey together to to follow Jesus, to become more like him. And, And so this time of year, the word that comes to mind is the word enthusiasm. And so I want to unpack the word enthusiasm today. And it was actually the word that I used for this year's events at unpacking it. So our golf tournament and our flag football tournament, I, I give a morning devotional. And, and this was the kind of part of what I, I spoke on at both of those events. And so I want to share it with our listeners today because there's something about the word enthusiasm that I, I find uh, it almost doesn't get used enough. Like we talk, you know, we hear the word joy this time of year, my favorite mm-hmm. Christmas song, Joy to the World. Uh, quick tease for our Christmas special that will come up in a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah, we'll talk, you want, you want more, to tune in for that. More Christmas uh, songs and everything. But, uh, but joy gets used and, and excitement. I always use the word excitement. And I think enthusiasm has a, a little piece of, of both of those words um, or th- represent that. But for me, when I'm the most filled with enthusiasm, is moments before kickoff. Mm. And when I'm getting ready on a Sunday, and I'm, I'm frantically running around the house trying to get Maddie to sleep for her nap and trying to get lunch figured out and then get all my fantasy teams, all eight of them, uh, figured out. And lineups, lineups shout out and- to Paul in the Fantasy Football Fellowship call every week. 13 fantasy teams. 13. Yeah, he wins 13. on that one. Yeah. We're not sure Absol- if we encourage Paul Unbelievable. On that. Yeah. But... Uh, Die yeah, hard. So it, Absolutely it, die hard. It is a lot. Um, <laughs> but I do go to church and then come home and, and do all the final final lineups. But I get this, I get giddy right before kickoff. And when Scott Hansen on the red zone says, get ready for seven straight hours of commercial free football. Oh, baby. I mean, I'm filled with enthusiasm. Hmm. And and so in this time of year when when songs, you know, like Jingle Bell Rock come on and when Santa Claus is on the TV, the movie, Tim Allen, my favorite, you know, I, I'm just filled with enthusiasm. And so when it comes to our lives, though, it's so difficult to actually live with enthusiasm, right? I mean, when you think about the number of people you know, man, that guy is just enthusiastic about life. He's just hmm. he's just you know, filled with enthusiasm. He's just a a joy-filled person. It's hard to find these people. It it really is because there's so many things wrong in life. And, you know, we live in a broken world and and so much is pulling at us. And, you know, it's just, it's just been, it's been, it's been tough. It's tough to live life. And then these last couple of years have just been even tougher. And, and for those of, you know, people that have had unique situations themselves and, you know, lots of death, lots of, uh, you know, relational issues and and family issues there's just there's just so much and so where does enthusiasm fit in and and so we get enthusiastic about christmas we get enthusiastic about sports i am a sports enthusiast and if you're listening to this you're most likely a sports enthusiast but then what happens you know where with our sports enthusiasm 
after that first interception, you know, our team throws an interception or the, the loss or, mm. you know, my Panthers, I, I turned off the light. I guess I'll do that again. I don't know why I keep turning the light back on in their season. They fired Joe <laughs> Brady. All right. The light goes back on. Light back, light's it's, back it's, on. It's more of a nightlight, though. More of a nightlight. Not, more of a, not, nightlight. not a true light. Joe Brady's done. We, we turn <clears> the light back on. Um, but, but what happens to our enthusiasm? It goes away. And so in, in life, too. How can we continue to have enthusiasm even when life is hard, even when we're getting hit on every side, even when we've got, you know, burdens that that are there? Are we handing them to Jesus or are we trying to carry them ourselves? And are we waking up with enthusiasm? So how do we do it? Well, it comes when we receive Christ and he's living in us. That's the only way. It's the only way to live is living by the spirit. And when we do we will experience the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. And, and so I think one of the, this isn't an official fruit, but kind of falls into the joy category is having enthusiasm. And so I read this in, in the book uh, by Bill Bright. He's the one that created or founded Campus Crusade for Christ, the ministry that I was involved with in college called Crew now. Um, this is what he writes in the book about the Holy Spirit, which is probably, it's the best book I've read, read on the Holy Spirit, maybe the only one that's this concentrated. But this is what he says. It says, he says on the word enthusiasm, it comes from two Greek terms, en and theos. It means to be in God. Another I've read somewhere else where it says within, God within, God within. And then this is what he says. He says, if I know that Christ is in me and I am in him, if I rightly understand my Christian heritage, my rights as a child of God, my identification with Christ, and the role of the Holy Spirit in my life, I can, as an act of the will, say, I am going to be the kind of person God has called me to be. I am going to be enthusiastic. I am going to be joyful, not as a result of positive thinking, but of supernatural thinking. Hmm. And so, man, I love this. It, wow, it, it I haven't me. heard that before. It's powerful. So enthusiasm, enthusiasm actually started off as more of a religious term uh, that now we use as sort of, you know, excitement and uh, intense uh, uh, passion and, and that kind of th- thing, mm-hmm. which you know, that's part of it. But when God is within, when, when we are in God, we are filled with him, which we talked about last week, the fullness of God, which then the outpouring of that is enthusiasm, that we can hmm. be enthusiastic that God loves us, that we've been saved, that we can bring this, this good news to others, and, and that we can get through the difficulties of life with him, him in us, and his power in us, his strength in us, his energy uh, that he gives us. That allows us to continue to persevere with enthusiasm. Um, and of course, we're going to be frustrated. We're going to have those, you know, those times. But but we can wake up with this outlook, this mindset of yeah, I'm going to be enthusiastic. I'm going to em- embrace. You know, there, there's a there's a level of optimism and hope and positivity that that goes into the word enthusiasm. When we start our day watching football, we're we're optimistic that our team's going to win and our fantasy team's going to win, and we're going to see great games. And so we can wake up each day with enthusiasm. And how do we continue with the enthusiasm? When we acknowledge and, and, and by an act of our will, continue to think and, and meditate and, and have our mind fixed on Jesus as we follow after him, we're going to be filled with enthusiasm. That's the life that we have in Christ. And so um, 
that's the encouragement today. Uh, I saw this quote from, from I'm not a big, oh, I'm going to quote Winston Churchill, but he's fine, whatever. So this is what I found this quote, though. It says, uh, success consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. So, so you know, for those of us that, that are, you know, in, in work and, you, oh, man, we blew it here, blew it there. Even Friday night, I told you I blew it with the uh, – the heavy cream. <laughs> well, I could continue to have an enthusiastic weekend, uh, you know, w- without the loss of enthusiasm. And so let's go to scripture. Romans, it says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Ephesians 6, 7, work with enthusiasm as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. Hmm. And so that's the other way we, we do it is when, we're, when our mind is, I'm serving the Lord and I'm working for the Lord. I'm living for the Lord. I'm, I'm doing this for God's glory. I'm doing this for, for his honor. Uh, I'm doing this out of faithful obedience to him. That's our motivation. That's our effort. And, yeah. and, and I'm doing it with him, with his power, with his strength. And that is uh, that then we can do it with enthusiasm. So, again, en theos, it means to be in God, enthusiasm. As Jim Harbaugh says, attack each day with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. That's Jim mm. Harbaugh famous Jim quote Harbaugh. as he gears up for the college football playoff. Luke, have your enthusiastic response. Man, quoting absolute beasts today. We got a Winston Churchill quote. We got a Jim Harbaugh quote. Bill Even, Bright. <laughs> Bill Bright, that's right. Even though he kind of let on maybe an anti-Winston Churchill guy, but uh, we'll move on from that. No, I, I just, I, I, I'm not like Mr. Quote guy. That's some, right. Some you role. don't want to be a Mr. Historian, Mr. Quote guy. Understandable. Well, not that I don't want to be. I just, I'm normally not, but I just happened Fair. to find the Winston Churchill, and I was like, yeah, that's interesting. Failure to failure with enthusiasm. You just keep going. Right? Yeah. Keep going. So. I just think enthusiasm is so directly related to perspective mm. um, and Phil, one of the guys in the fantasy football fellowship call we have every Thursday, talking fantasy and uh, and faith, he always talks about eternal perspective and how freeing that is. And when you have, when you're able to take a step away from yourself and think about things in light of eternity, it automatic, it logically leads to enthusiasm. Like when you when we think of people in our life who live enthusiastic lives, there's almost like an envy or a jealousy there on wow, they're living with freedom, the joy, mm. the enthusiasm. They they can appreciate the things mm. of life more because of their eternal perspective, because they know they have life in Christ, because they know God is sovereign, because they know that God's work God is going to work all things out for their good which ultimately is, I mean, God decides what is good, so not selfish good. So it's amazing. It's enthusi- An enthusiastic life is available, but we have to take a step outside of ourselves, outside of our selfishness and our pride, and look at things in light of eternity. We know that Christ died for us. We know that life is in Christ. The only way to God is, is through Jesus. And when we're in Christ, like Scripture tells us, death has no victory anymore. Death, where is your sting? We we know that we are eternally, we have been adopted into the kingdom of God, which how incredible is that? So I think, man, if you're, if we're looking for it, man, how can I live more enthusiastically? How can I appreciate the joys of life more? How can I embrace the sufferings more? Let's 
take a step outside of ourselves and look at things from a, a perspective of God's sovereignty and his love for us and an adoption for those in Christ. And, and it also, you know, we've got to live in the spirit, by the spirit, yes. and, and not in our own flesh, not chasing our own desires. And so it is that daily surrender to Jesus, that if we're mm-hmm. going to take up our cross, die to ourself, die to our selfish desires, die to our own way, and, and truly allow him through his spirit to guide us and lead us each day, well, then we're, we're remaining in his will. We're remaining obedient. We're looking at it from, from the eternal perspective, like you're talking about, then enthusiasm will be, uh, be a byproduct. There's no question. Yeah. Um, that's our and there, approach. And there, yeah. And then things so, that attitude. we, things that we once put so much value in, they kind of lose some of their value. And because in light of, where true value and worth is. I think of, I have a friend who had a friend, so I guess two people removed from this person, but it was, <laughs> it was fascinating. They got their computer stolen oh. and their reaction to it was like the most chill, neutral. They're like, oh, well, yeah, like ultimately I, I, this computer doesn't define or give me all the value and worth I have. Ultimately, I'm going to be okay. And that's mm-hmm. just one small example of, when, when, if I think about some, getting something stolen or if I lose something or something that I put a ton of value in gets damaged, it's amazing how easily pessimism and negativity can creep in. It's because I'm overvaluing things that ultimately don't have eternal value. And then I have to take a step outside of myself, ask God, God, help me see things from your perspective. Because mm. again, and it's so easy as a sports fan, it's fascinating how easy it is to be pessimistic. Think of your Panthers this year. Oh, man, how easy it is for you to probably just stew on sports negativity. I was listening to Dallas Sports Radio this morning about the ultimate hopelessness of the Mavericks as these guys were just giving their very passionate opinions about Mark Cuban's lack of management and the idea of if Luca leaves in three years, because ultimately this roster isn't changing. I'm thinking, Oh my goodness. I found myself being so pessimistic and I'm like, yeah, what are we doing here? I'm like, All right. I see how it easy for in sports for pessimism to creep in, magnify that tenfold in life, all of the things that happen in life. And it's so easy for our enthusiasm to just get taken away. Yep. When it, when it's when it gets taken away so easily, did we really have true enthusiasm? Because mm. you, it's like true enthusiasm. Life in Christ continues to move forward. It's not something that comes and goes and comes and goes. In theory, of course, in our imperfectness, it does. But as we grow in in life in the Spirit and maturity, that enthusiasm, that life in Christ, continues to grow, and it's able to overcome through mm. God's grace all of the things in life and we continue to fight off pessimism Mm. which i look to friends and and mentors who have that as hope for me as well especially in times when it's all i can think of is being negative and enthusiasm Mm. seems so far off Man, no, it's a good, good word. And, and yeah, even, even within the holidays, you know, it's easy to get distracted and just bogged down by all that has to be done. And you kind of lose your enthusiasm, even enjoying this season because it becomes about the wrong stuff and it becomes about, Oh, we got to get to the next thing. Oh, we got to do this, this or that. And you feel all the pressure of, of this 
a family member needing this or that or this event. You got to be there at this time and, and all that. And it steals your enthusiasm even from this time. Uh, but to me, this is such a special opportunity to really showcase true enthusiasm of Christ within uh, as we go about you know, the next couple of weeks, especially because uh, people are looking and, and, and wondering and we can stand out in, in a big way right now. So um, another another encouragement for sure. All right. So from a so you can unpack that and we'll send out the devotional later today. If you haven't subscribed yet, you can do so unpacking it dot com slash subscribe. Uh, you can get the devotional in your email inbox. It's written out uh, to read in, in e- email form. Uh, so the most enthusiastic I, I got during the football weekend was on Saturday during the Big 12 championship game. Did you watch this, Luke? Were you watching this live? I was locked in. So okay. Okay. Let's, uh, let's discuss because so it was he- wild. Here we go. This is the MetaShare moment of the week. Big 12 championship, fourth down, Oklahoma State. Here is Sean McDonough on the call. For Oklahoma State, win a conference championship if you score in all likelihood. And perhaps the CFP, Jackson, trying to turn the corner, and he did not get there. Darren McVay raced him to the pylon and made sure he came up inches short. What a call. Oh, my goodness. What What a call. What a play. Remarkable. Where do we even start? I mean, this was the craziest scenario because Oklahoma State was basically trying not to score, like kind of. Like it was like, eh, we don't really want to get in too soon, and then Baylor gets the ball back, so let's milk the time. Well, now all of a sudden they're milking every single down with this idea that on fourth down, oh, we'll just punch it right in, no problem. They were at, what, you know, one yard line or less. And then all of a sudden, you know, the running back pops out, and there's just no room. I mean, Baylor, the the defender for Baylor, played it perfectly. And I'm not sure that I've ever seen a game. I'm, I'm trying to think back, a game that ended that way with a defensive stop at the one running outside like that with so much on the line. Like, this was just such a unique play and scenario, especially Oklahoma State was the favorite to win. They had the college football playoff on the line. There was so much there. And for Baylor to hang on to the upset, you know, relative upset, not a huge upset, relative upset, um, considering Matt Rule left Baylor just a couple years ago, for them to be back on the national stage like this, very impressive. Um, I guess they never off like a two win or three win season last year. Oh, it was last. Okay. Yeah. Last year they had a down year. Um, so anyway, it was just an awesome play. I was going nuts. Uh, my dad had just shown up. He like, we like just walked back down into the, into the man cave. We're watching this play. And it's always fun when you get like, you start your day that way. You haven't even sat down on the couch yet or on the chair. Oh yeah. So uh, that was fun. So there you go. There's the MetaShare moment of the week. Text the word UNPACK to the number 201-201 to get more information about MetaShare and and look into if if this is a healthcare option for your family. So there you go. It It is officially the year of Baylor. Winning the NCAA basketball tournament. Beating a what people perhaps what people thought was one of the best college teams ever in that Gonzaga team, beat him yep. handily, and then now winning the Big Twelve championship in that fashion. I mean, it was first and goal within the five. Oklahoma State runs it on first and second down. Then and, the, and no one has any timeouts, so there's like thirty seconds left. 
the game's going to end right here. No one can call a timeout. So third and goal, they run a pass. Incomplete, stops the clock. It's like 20 seconds left. Fourth and goal, they run. As soon as he bounced it outside, I thought Oklahoma State was winning. I thought he's got an edge. Keep in mind, Oklahoma State's starting running back is hurt. So that running back is probably in shambles thinking what could have been if I was in the game because he's more of a, a bruiser power running back, which in theory would have been better in that situation. But to dive and to come up inches short, oh. I mean, a full-on dive. And I had a mix of, I don't know, maybe I just am empathetic or sympathetic, but I love when teams win in great fashion. So part of me is like, wow, to Baylor. What an amazing way to hold on after, in some ways, letting Oklahoma State back into the game. But then, oh, to watch the absolute, oh, the pain of that Oklahoma State running back. Oh, he stretches and he just sits there with his head down. Oh, devastation. He's and, you know, you, you could have cut earlier. I know. Do, should I have just cut in or... and bulldoze him in? Yep. A lot of different options there. I mean, those are the plays you, you dream of as a running back one-on-one to win the game. As yep. a tackler, one-on-one to win the game. And that the game in general was absurd. Oklahoma State quarterback, four picks. There was muffed punts. There were fumbles all over the place. Fumbles? Fumbles or fumbles? <laughs> fumbles. Yeah. It sounded like you said thumbles. Like a thimble. Like a thimble. thimble. <laughs> fumbles. Uh, anyway. Fumbles in that one. It, it was an unbelievable game. And now, with, in te- with Texas and OU leaving in the near future, yeah. it's anyone's conference. That's right. Is Baylor now going to be the king of the Big 12? It truly is anyone. I, I don't know. But cool. that, yeah, it, was... it was an absolutely – and again, it was an 11 a.m. game. So we watched that game. It's only 2 o'clock. We have so much more football the rest of the day. Yes, and then Sunday. Exactly. Like, again, your point, that's what started it off? Yep. I, count me in for that. Absolutely. Oh. No, it was, it was great. And, and Henry brought up a tremendous uh, example. The Rams-Titans, when Mike Jones tackled Kevin Dyson at the one-yard line and the Rams oh. held on to win the Super Bowl. So that was – yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, it's just – it's been that long. Like, I don't know. Maybe there's some other examples here or there. But with, with that much on the line, with that big of a defensive stop, especially on a fourth down, I mean, just remarkable. But I love that example. And speaking of – that Rams-Titans game, this segues very well because we are getting excited for the theatrical release of American Underdog, the story of Kurt Warner. And so... Oh, looks so good. It's going to be a tremendous movie. Uh, Dennis Quaid, Zach Levi, great acting. I, I've seen a, a screener for it, and it's 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 really entertaining. Uh, it's, a, it's just a good movie. It's really, really cool from a sports standpoint, from a life standpoint, uh, relationship standpoint, you just get a lot of different details about Kurt Warner's life. But we're going to play the trailer uh, for our listeners just to give you uh, a little bit of insight into what this movie's all about. So for those of you watching, you'll be able to see it. For those of you listening, you'll get to hear uh, a little bit about the movie here in this trailer. Luke, hit it. Destiny wants of the underdogs. You want to prove that? about that as long as i have a ball in my hands i feel alive 
Kind of like how I feel right now. I'm staying here. I got work to do. Work? The NFL's not going to draft some dude from the 1AA school in Iowa. There were other offers. I called every team in the NFL. No one's interested. Can I get one of your applications? I promised that I would take care of you and the kids. So that is exactly what I'm going to do. This is your dream? Don't give up on it. Yeah, they didn't pick me. I pick you. I pick you too. Kurt Warner, you got the whole package, kid. The world just needs more time to see it. He came up with this whole arena concept. Arena football. It's like a circus. People love the circus. I like the circus. For touchdown, I also pay you to win. Oh, this is gonna be fun. Hey, Kurt, we've been trying to reach you. I'm sorry, who are you? I'm with the Rams. This guy's old, slow as molasses. He's beneath the standards of this franchise. That's what people said about me when I came here. All those years gave me something others didn't have. Made you ready for this moment. Third corner out of the arena league. It's one of those stories that's too good for the movies. The perfect guy here, he was bagging groceries five years ago. Go out there and you show the world what I've known all along. You were born for this. This is my time. I know who I am and I know why I'm here. Sweet. There you Boom. go. American underdog Christmas day. So it's, uh, it's going to be a good one. Uh, yeah. I, I know oh. it's good. It's going to be a good one for you that, that you go see it. Um, I was thinking back. I was like, man, what's the best football movie that that's come out in recent years? I mean, it probably goes back to the blind side, which I liked a lot, Ooh. but this was not, this was, I th- it was almost better than the blind side. I think, I think it, yeah. It's You're right opening the, up a ginormous discussion, which we'll probably have to do in another show, a, a later, yeah, another show summer. segment on best sports movie. Um, which I'll tease right now, Coach Carter, in my opinion. <laughs> that's my favorite sports movie. It's a good one. That's just so underrated. Oh, um, so underrated. But Channing Tatum, my- Channing Tatum, and Coach Carter, phenomenal. Uh, oh, Channing Tatum's the guy in that. Oh, oh yeah, that's funny. Gosh, I haven't yeah. seen that in a long time. Um, but yeah, American Underdog, right up there as, as far as football movies go, uh, especially in, in recent years. So it's 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 a good one. All right, let's talk a little NFL, and then we'll do we'll do tap drill. Um, going into yesterday's lineup of games, it didn't look like there were a ton of tremendous matchups, especially in the early window. But there were still some intriguing developments that that I guess you know came from those games. But then. We really got entertaining finishes in the four o'clock games. I mean, those oh, yeah. four Eastern games. Those were those were awesome. Some divisional games that came down to the wire. The Steelers beating the Ravens, and yeah, it's just it's incredible that we keep saying the Steelers are dead. They're done. Forget about it. And then they find a way. They get another. You know, well, decent speaking win. of exciting finishes, the end of the Steelers Ravens game. Oh How my about gosh. the Ravens going for two. Good for them. Two, on phenomenal for them which yeah. if i'm a coach to have the guts to do that with a whole overtime period available i don't know 
the play was there. If if, if Lamar Jackson had a little more touch, Mark Andrews was walking into the end zone to win the game. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Romo kept saying it, must win for Pittsburgh. Yes. If they lost the game, season's over. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought last week it was over when they lost the Bengals. So to come back, it, it makes it a little bit hairier. And, I mean, and looking at the playoff picture, I, I'm on NFL.com. It, it is unbelievable how wide open this league is, especially in the AFC. I, 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 I couldn't tell you who, I couldn't tell you who the three wildcard teams are going to be. Especially in the AFC, I'll tell it's, you. You'll tell, I'll tell you. I'll that's tell what you. I want. That's why I wanted to ask: is who's going to hang on to these wild card spots and who's not? Actually, I, I, I would love to know your opinion. I won't even tell you who's who's getting a wild card. I'll tell you who's winning their division: the Indianapolis Colts. Let's go! Who's jumping on the bandwagon <laughs> with me? Like shut out yesterday. I know it's Houston, but still, let's go. This this division can be had. The Titans continue to be banged up. I saw Julio might be coming off the, the short-term IR, but even then, it's been tough for the Titans. They, they, they overachieved despite the injuries, and they'll still remain in the mix, but the Colts are going to win this division. AFC South, it's theirs. They still, I think they still have Jackson. They've still got some easy matchups in front of them. Um, so I'm all in on them. And mm. as far as the AFC north with the ravens Bengals, and steelers that's what i don't know i really don't because oh, it's impossible it's 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 just absolutely impossible i will say in the afc west i i still the, the chiefs of course they're the team to beat i'm all and in on the chiefs all in, in the on chargers, the chargers I've, I've i've been pretty consistent i like the chargers and i like the rams now both of them have have had some you know a couple weeks ago especially for the rams they went through a little lull period, but I'm still confident in both of those teams and their quarterback play. And back to my point earlier, they're not worried about running the ball. Stafford to cup. You got Herbert to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Eckler fumbled a couple of times, which was discouraging, but the chargers are there. They knock off the Bengals yesterday. That was a big statement game. That was the game of the, the, the early window. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, that was pretty strong. Um, and even though, you know, the Bengals are good, but it's still that offensive line sometimes doesn't protect Burrow, and he's not running the ball. He barely runs, but he's he's great. But Jamar Chase didn't have the monster game that he, that we got used to earlier in the season. It was the T. Higgins game. T. Higgins T. had a nice game. So fantasy owners were pleased about that. That's right. I'm sure a lot of people left him on the bench, though. Oh, for sure. So two other big big takeaways from yesterday that were tremendous that, that took place. One, Minshew Mania. Yeah. Gardner Minshew starting again. Let's go. I listen, I like Jalen Hurts. I I just don't see him taking that next step. Um, and it just doesn't seem like the Eagles were all in on Hurts. And so there's always been this kind of back and forth this season. Like, wait, are the Eagles, are they rebuilding? Are they trying to fight for the playoffs? It's been very confusing. But with Gardner Minshew, he just has this command when he gets out on the field. And this was this way in Jacksonville. Jacksonville was competitive with Minshew, and he would win some games. And and I don't Minshew's know. Minshew's good. I I, I want to see Minshew more of a more of a starter. Maybe not in Philly. Maybe they will go in on Hurts. But to write off Minshew because they drafted Lawrence and and moved on from Minshew, I yeah, I want to see more from him. So 
I was pumped about that. And then, sorry, I'm going on and on. The other thing. Yeah, we need to hear the other takeaway. Yes. Sorry. Detroit winning a game. Way to go. Detroit, and I know you got some thoughts on on Jared Goff and and the, and the fact that the Lions get their first win against the lowly Vikings. Every week the Vikings are in a tight matchup. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. How how can you play every week in such close games? The stress in Minnesota oh must be gosh. unbearable. Wow. So, what? Well, yeah, about Jared Goff. I, if there is an award for best attitude in the NFL. It's going to Jared Goff. Seeing, one, his maturity in how the trade went down, going to Detroit, handled that incredibly. I mean, he's going to a bottom feeder. He's going to a place where many people's careers are going to die. I, I, that, that, like, a lot of people die in Detroit <laughs> on the football field. and Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the football their careers, field, yeah. Their careers. Obviously, people die everywhere. And, okay, not getting into that, but... A lot of careers end in Detroit or just get totally obliterated. Jared Goff's celebration after throwing on fourth down to win the game. Incredible. To to win their first game of the season. His reaction, hands in the air, sprints to the sideline. He's jumping up and down. I mean, his attitude it's attitude of the year in the NFL with embracing moving on from a Super Bowl contender. To, I, I, yeah, and to be replaced and then go to Detroit and distill and how he's spoken in press conferences. Hey, I'm just here. I want to do my best. I want to win. I mean, unbelievable. There's so many players. There's some players who probably would have just sat out. I am not playing. You're going to have to cut me, send me to another team. But he's there and he's given it all he has. Super happy for Dan Campbell as well. Football guy. Um, <laughs> and... Poor Minnesota. I mean, think if you're a Vikings fan, you have you have reason to claim greatest suffering as a football fan this year. You lose on in prime time to a backup quarterback for the Cowboys. You lose to Cooper Rush, and then you lose to the Lions. Oh my goodness! When uh, you are you are trying to make the playoffs? Yeah, I think that that's over. I said it before the season. I wasn't buying into the Vikings, and they've won more even than I probably thought. But I, yeah, I don't see them. I don't see them doing it. Even though Alexander Madison comes in, and runs the ball so well in replacement of Dalvin Cook, to have and, two great running backs like that. You've been like saying Dallas. that. You 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 have been saying there's no drop off from yeah. from Cook to Madison. I want to say no drop, but very very marginal. Drop-off. Very little drop off, which is which is incredible. So, uh, and the Vikings have some good weapons. There's no question. Jefferson's like, as good of yeah. a receiver as anybody. Thielen's as good as anybody, especially as a he's not like one A one B type of thing. Uh, but he got yeah. hurt. He hurt his ankle. So, so I, I'm, I'm looking at the the current playoff picture in the NFC. There's there's so many teams out of it. Lions, Seahawks. This is in my opinion. Bears four and eight. Giants four and eight. Saints. I'm just, they're five and seven, but I'm out on them. Falcons. I'm out on them. Panthers. I would say I'm out on the Panthers. But and then there's just so many teams lower than five hundred. Where on the AFC, Steelers six five and one. Colts seven and six. Raider even the Raiders six and six. Browns six and six. Broncos six and six. Dolphins on a five game winning streak. <sighs> Crazy. And then the wild card teams are all seven and four, seven and five, seven and five. The NFC, there's a lot of 
areas locked up. There, there's not even a clear number one seed. Like tonight's game, Patriots Ooh. Bills actually decides so much. The loser of this game, it's a huge loss in my opinion. The winner of this game, huge win. There's so much riding on this game for the Patriots and Bills. It, it's a good it, one. It determines so much potentially of the playoff picture. I, I mean, I lean toward where is the game tonight? I lean toward the Patriots probably, but and have they played their other matchup yet? Have, is this the first time they've played? I don't, I can't remember. They still play again. Do they I still think. play again? It's in so Buffalo. Either, okay, so tonight's. Uh, so I'll say they'll split the series. So uh, I know you're putting a lot of weight on it. I think either way they split the series, and it'll most likely be home and home. They'll, they'll win. They'll each win at home. Patriots. Yeah, Patriots go plan. tonight. Bills. Colts. Bills again, Jags and Dolphins. Oh, what a way to end the season. Goodness. Well, the Dolphins, we'll see. We'll see if they keep it going. Tua's been playing well. You we gotta give him credit. Because I'm not a big Tua guy. Uh, maybe it's the Alabama quarterbacks, uh, Hertz and Tua. It was almost like I like both of them together. So if you could have both of them, it's almost like the Panthers, yeah. PJ Walker and Cam Newton. You want to play with, with both of them. But Buffalo um, still has Tampa on their schedule as well. Oh man. So I know. But I will yeah, say tricky. I'm all in on Kansas City. I think the AFC still goes through them because the past few weeks, their defense has been resurrected. A good defense in Kansas City is terrifying for opponents because you can never count out Mahomes and all their weapons. They still have Kelsey, Mahomes. I mean, they have so many weapons. And then when you get a a defense, they've been top of the league the past few weeks after a dismal start to the season. So Kansas City in eight, eight and four after a brutal defense to start the season. I don't know. That's that's a scary Chiefs team. I think. Yeah, they're still they're not like rocking and rolling yet. But to me, it's like it's I feel still like they're on the brink though. It's possible though. It's still you, you always know it's there. You you know that they can. Yeah. Um, that was a little bit of an ugly game last night. It was it was a little. Uh, yeah, like, Denver, right. looked, Denver looked bad. <sighs> Even though Williams is a great running back, rookie running back, Very finally good. got to sign without Melvin Gordon. He's so, clearly uh, the guy, clearly the guy in Denver. They'll build around him. But, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater just isn't the answer. Jerry Judy's a good wide receiver. So Denver has some things in place. It'll be interesting to see how they finish. Does Vic Fangio stick around as their head coach? And then do they go all in to try to get Aaron Rodgers? Is that realistic? Or, or what other direction do they go? Russell Wilson? I mean, th- there'll be a team, I think, in the mix because I think most people can look at them and say, oh, yeah, no, there's some potential there, some good defensive pieces and young guys. So, uh, yeah, that'll be very intriguing. All right, man, we're running out of time. This time of year we need a five-hour show, but uh, we'll uh, we'll finish things up with a little tap drill. And so let's bring Henry back on the show. Some of the other topics we'll, we'll try to run through real quickly. And so, Henry, you ask the questions, and we'll uh, we'll respond. Go ahead. Henry All, right. All right, boys, let's do tap drill rapid fire. Uh, Bryce's favorite college football coach, Kevin Kelly, a Presbyterian, has decided that he <laughs> wants to step down to pursue other college football interests. The man who is known as the coach who never punts won his first two games and then lost every remaining game after that. So, my question to you boys is, now, according to The Athletic, the uh, the Kansas Jayhawks football team, yeah, 
that Kansas Jayhawks football team says that they should go after him. So, boys, are you hiring Kevin Kelly as your football coach? So I I am all in. You talked about earlier, Luke, about Madden and playing like Madden, but I yeah. love the idea of never punting. Like it's just it's just hilarious to me. It's fun. And so this coach, before he went to Presbyterian, was a real successful high school coach. And so he won, I, I think, was it seven state championships in Arkansas? And so for whatever reason, he may not, he, he just didn't have the talent necessarily at Presbyterian to win games. It's a small school, kind of close to Charlotte, a couple hours away in South Carolina. Um, but but anyway, I I just want to see this at a little bit higher of a level because Presbyterian actually was they were like ranked really high in, in scoring and offensive statistics nationally in the FCS level. Um, but anyway, they couldn't win games. So I guess you have to punt everyone once in a while to win. I don't know. But so you're not punting on him then. You're you're still you're no, still. I want to see that. I want to see that strategy continue to play out. Maybe it only works in high school. Maybe, but I want to see it with actually talented players. Can you do it? Fair. Now we're seeing in the NFL coaches that go for it on fourth down almost regular, like more than they don't go for it type of thing. Yeah. Um, Chargers kind of leading the way with that. We saw with Baltimore. So I, I like that mentality, the aggressive mentality. So it's it's pretty cool. Uh, I would say do not bring him to KU because now. I'm a Jayhawk fan, if you don't know, and I will. I have to justify. Not a bandwagon. Been a diehard since the womb, because my mom's family is from Kansas. Got the the KU clock here. My grandpa made basketball clock, and we love our coach, and especially beating Texas again this year. Let the Jayhawks keep giving their coach a chance. I'm out. I am punting on the Presbyterian <laughs> coach coming to Lawrence. Fair enough. All right, Henry, what's next? All right, boys. Uh, did you happen to see uh, Brian, uh, LS, new LSU uh, football coach Brian Kelly at the uh, at the pep rally for LSU and his bad Southern accent? Now, mind you, this man. So is many from, questions about this. This man is a Catholic from Massachusetts going down to Louisiana, and he's trying to endear himself with the uh with the lsu faithful but um i don't know about you guys but that accent didn't work for me no i so i want to say this as as nice as possible but i I, i'm not a fan of brian kelly so i i've never i've never been drawn to him as a coach i just don't like his demeanor it doesn't interest me as a fan i I, i'm not like oh man this guy seems i want to root for him so I'm like rooting against him. This is kind of my my bent. And so him going to LSU, and this is how he starts. Oh my gosh! I mean, it was it was awkward and embarrassing. Like because it wasn't a full on. You know, it's one thing if you're like you're pretending and you're admitting that you're pretending to use a Southern voice. It's like, hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. It, it wasn't like that. It was it was awkward. Like no, wait, he was he what was is he yeah doing. Uh, so many questions here. So I, I, I just looked. I mean, where do you even start? First of all, just looked it up. He's raised. He was raised in Boston. So uh, it takes a simple Boston. Google search to 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 uh, to ring the fraud alert siren. But but again, to Bryce's point, yeah, do a fun Cajun Southern that's accent, yeah. and then say, yeah, that's my best attempt at that, and then yep. end it there. But That's to right. try to trick people into thinking that this is how you talk, when it is so easy 
<laughs> to confirm otherwise. Uh, what are we doing? What an I atrocious... I, I, I don't even... Oh. Yeah, just so many questions about it. It doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. I know. I know. I think it's a bad start. It's a, you don't oh, win. Oh, such a bad start. The, the press conference or, or, you know, you don't, your career isn't defined by your press conference. But, man, it's a bad start. Oh. Especially from Ed Orgeron, who had such a unique voice and, and fit that, that part of the country oh, so well. I know. You replace Ed O with a man from Boston faking a southern accent. <laughs> People are already questioning if he's going to be a fraud at LSU. And now it's he's guaranteed a fraud oh. in his accent. Oh, oh it just makes – for and, from, from looking at it, it is such – a high risk, low reward move by him. I know. I mean, There's it's no not even benefit. worth it. They don't even care if he talks like oh, that. I, I know. Who, who I, cares? Now, I will say this. So, I have a good uh, one of my best friends. He grew up in St. Louis and then moved to Charlotte, and so we went to high school together and all that. He went to uh, college in North Carolina. Well, anyway, he, he got married to a real Southern girl, and they live in like a small town on the kind of toward the heading toward the coast of North Carolina. And my friend now talks like he's from the deep south. Like he's he is all in. So he because he lives there, that's Fair. all he's surrounded by. And Fair. so he's lost his neutral St. Louis Charlotte accent to now be a true southerner. Yes. And and so I, I'm not going to say that you can never, you know, change a little bit and become more that way. Fair. But Brian Kelly, first three days in LSU, and he's already, yes. he's already got it. Oh, I'm not buying that. So, no yeah. So, uh, to your point, if you slowly develop yes. the accent of the people around, makes sense. I, I one of my buddies, he plays hockey at UConn. Now, if you're listening, Ryan, you've no, I, I have I have not been fooled that you talk like a Canadian now. And I went up to visit him, and he was talking like his Canadian teammates. I'm thinking, what? I, this is not how you talked in middle school and high school. But he's been up there for years, and he's been surrounded by a ton of Canadian teammates on his UConn team. Makes sense. But I went to middle school with a guy from England, uh, born in England, raised in the U.S. He sixth grade American accent came back after the summer in seventh grade British accent <laughs> and committed to it. I, I went all in. Oh my gosh! Everyone's saying you don't talk like that. He didn't budge. He didn't flinch. Uh, he he stayed true with it. But again, with funny. with the Brian Kelly thing coming in guns a blazing like that. Oh, yeah, that that's just ab- absolutely absurd. I saw yeah. it on PPI on Friday. It was just—it was so funny. But, yeah, you got to oh. give yourself time to at least get indoctrinated into the environment before you could try to pull off an accent. Which reminds me, boys, you guys have got to come to Brooklyn. You guys spend a week in Brooklyn, New York. You're going to be going back on talking about forget about it. Forget I'm telling about you. it. Forget about I would, it. I would fake accents when I worked at a grocery store in high school. I was like, I got to find some ways to to to, <laughs> just to, to pass the time here while I'm sacking groceries. Well, but, you, want, uh, you want an accent? You guys come to Brooklyn. Absolutely. <laughs> so I will say this. So Maddie, my two-year-old, she loves this show called Peppa the Pig. Oh, and so oh my that has, God. The, the culture is in the palm of the hand of Peppa the Pig. Peppa the, Peppa the Pig runs everything. Okay, so so but English based, like the accent and all that. So, um, at one point, Maddie every once in a while would call me like, uh, "Daddy," like it sounded like a little English. 
just in certain ways she said my name and stuff. It was funny. But but anyway, but I'm reading to her at night. And when I read Peppa books, I try to read in an English accent hmm. to keep with the theme. And that's what she's used to. But I cannot get past using an Irish accent. Like, it's just that's what it sounds more like. And it, Maddie doesn't complain. But I know that I'm not all in on the English. I can't nail it. I can't right. nail the English tea and crumpets. I can't get there. It She's ends up being bad Irish. reviews. It's like Irish. It's like Irish. <laughs> you know, like that. <laughs> so it's uh, Roy McIlroy. It's more a little. It's a little harder. It's Daddy Pig. So I'm trying my bad. best. That's not That's bad. That's not bad. Pretty good. Daddy Pig. <laughs> Daddy Pig. We got to do it. We got to do it last week doing our Dickie V impersonations. We need an Irish and Dickie V crossover. <laughs> oh, That's my even God. possible. He's a PTP. He's oh, a diaper dandy. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we're going to hit this one last tap. Um, in, the, in the world of college coaching, or as we call it, as the world turns, yet another college court college uh, coach gets fired mainly mario cristobal gets fired from the university of oregon and immediately goes cross country about as cross country as you can get and gets hired by the university of miami but that's not the story guys the story is that oregon wants their ex back in particular chip kelly so, boys, my question to you is this. Have you ever taken back an X? Oh, yikes. Um, <laughs> you know, I thought we were going to break down Chip Kelly returning. Um, <laughs> we could do that, too. Yeah. Well, so I don't know. Was Crystal Ball fired or did he he chose to go to Miami because he's I, from Miami? He chose. So he won, he won two national championships, 89-91, as a player there. So he's that's got, his – his dream destination. My whole, my biggest takeaway from this is the impossible has been done. Lincoln Riley is the king of the Pac-12, and he has not coached one game in that conference. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean it's. There is no competition now. Cristobal gone. Even if Oregon brings back Chip Kelly, which I think would be cool, um, but I don't think UCLA would would pay enough to keep Chip Kelly, but true Lincoln Kiff, Lincoln Kiffin, Lincoln Riley. Um, he runs the show now. He hasn't coached one game and he's USC is all, is the, is the King already. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. I would like to see Chip Kelly back. I mean, I, I, it was such a disappointment that it didn't work out in the NFL, but it's not that surprising. And he had such a good thing going at Oregon. Those are fun teams. Marcus Mariota, those guys. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, super gotta, fun gotta teams. Using your word super, by the way. So shout out. Did you or did I? Oh, I just did. You, you did. I, I'm not using super or anything. Get out of here with that. <laughs> so, boys, sports-wise, sports is there one particular player that you would like to have back on your favorite team? Ooh. Well, we had Cam Newton. We brought Cam Newton back to Carolina. So Bry- Bryce, Bryce got his wish, but ended up stabbing him in the back. <laughs> a little bit. He's not over yet. It's not over yet. Um, we'll see if Cam can bounce back. You know, so your boy Kemba Walker is not working out in New York. So I, I'd be open to him coming back to Charlotte. You want to talk about a fall from grace. Man, he was on the marquee of Madison Square Garden. And a month later, when he they said he's not even he's not benched, he's out of the rotation. It just it took him that long, and as we as much as we love Kemba, it took him exactly one month to figure out that Kemba can't play defense. 
So. so my answer here is twofold. One, for the Mavericks, I want Seth Curry back. Oh, gosh, I want him back. I Making the move for Josh Richardson, trading away Curry, I guess worth the risk, but clearly the Mavericks lost that trade. And two, I want an X to leave. I want Dirk Nowitzki to leave any association oh, no. wait, with wait, the wait. front office because wait. he doesn't deserve the association with some of the atrocious moves that the Mavericks front office has, has made. Dirk, leave front office management. You had a great career. Don't get caught up in it. Enjoy retirement in paradise. Do not, do not entangle yourself in the stress of the Mavs front office. Please, I'm begging you. I don't want it to risk tarnishing your legacy. Uh, poor guy. I know Woof. you do get uh, lumped into that when you when you come back. Mm. Um, like Dan Marino, Miami, a lot of these guys. John Elway, Denver, you know, he's kind of had a mixed bag of what he's been a part of. But yeah. I guess John Elway had a little bit more control than Dirk has. He's, he's just kind of a bystander. I know. Bit, kind of a oh. – uh, <laughs> you call those guys. What's, what is he? What's his title? Consultant. Um, Consultant. There you go. Analyst. You. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Henry, thanks. Good job. Appreciate it. Luke, pretty good job. Pretty good job. <laughs> <laughs> no, great show. That was fun. It was awesome. Uh, thanks to everybody listening. Great comments. Just keep that going. We love that. Um, and so uh, it's fun to do this live. Thanks to everybody that listens later as well. Uh, thanks to everybody that supports this show financially. Thanks for all your donations. Uh, again, we've got a December match right now. So if you do want to support the show and support Unpacking It, you can go to unpackingit.com slash donate, and your donation will be doubled. So uh, take take advantage of that, and uh, we thank you in advance for, for your support. Um, just got a, a, a donation in the mail today from one of our loyal listeners, and so very grateful for that as well. Very encouraging. So we'll keep we'll keep going here on the show and uh we do this with you as as our our listeners so it's a fun fun opportunity to be together each week well i hope you have a wonderful rest of your week we'll be back next monday this is the unpacking it live podcast presented by metashare i'm bryce johnson i'm a sports fan who follows jesus i believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin he was resurrected and through faith i've been saved by his grace I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Let's do it enthusiastically. That's the word of the day, enthusiasm. Let's live with enthusiasm, God within. When we have God within us, we can live with enthusiasm. So you can unpack that. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week. 